You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Buffalo Bills podcast. Let me be amongst the last people to wish our audience a happy new year. Uh, it's been a trying start to the new year. It's been incredibly emotional and traumatic uh, with what's happened with our Buffalo Bills. And, you know, I'm John Boccasino. He's Jamie D'Amico. Jamie, glad to have you back on board, buddy. Buddy, it's a new year. Things can only go up from here, right? You know, I hope so. I mean, this this is, um, you know, we're, we're going to try to uh, believe listeners, uh, be here for you as a sense of, you know, uh, a place for therapy, a place to listen to Bill's fans uh, talking about the week's events that have preceded our recording here as we are sitting here on a Saturday recording both a uh, preview podcast for Buffalo's regular season finale uh, versus the Patriots and of course trying to put into words the trying nature of the last week with Buffalo Bills safety Damar Hamlin Uh, as we all know by now on Monday Night Football he suffered that cardiac arrest incident when he was hit uh, in the chest uh, by T. Higgins of the Bengals making a tackle about eight minutes into the first quarter uh, of that game. And the after effects of that, Jamie, you know, I know uh, we can start with that, I guess. And, 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 and luckily we have really good news, you know, to report this whole conversation could be a lot different if DeMar was in a darker uh, place, but he's making remarkable uh, recovery, um, remarkable progress in his recovery and uh, we'll get to all of that. But, Jamie, I want to take you back to that moment as you're watching the game. And I'm watching the game on my couch. I was so excited for this primetime showdown. And then all of a sudden, everything else became moot. And our only concern was on the focus of the health and recovery and well-being of DeMar Hamlin. What was going through your mind when you watched what unfolded in Cincinnati's Paycor Stadium? It's interesting. And I have probably an unusual perspective on something like this. And it's almost fitting that it was Cincinnati because what went through my mind initially was, okay, players hurt. And then you saw players on their knee and gathering around. So I thought, oh gosh, that's the kind of thing that happens with a broken bone or like a a spinal injury, right? Um, But then they showed the replay and I'm like, it's not a spinal injury. He collapsed. Okay. A couple seconds later is when it hit me, this is not a normal reaction. These guys are really shaken up here. 
there's something going on that they've never seen before. And that probably means is something I've never seen on the field before either. Did, did that strike you at all? That their reactions were extremely emotional? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was the whole scene was dripping with raw energy and raw emotion. And I look, I, I was concerned not from the get go um, because it, again, you look at, and thankfully ESPN only showed the replay, I believe two times mm-hmm. total. And there was nothing graphic or gory about it either. Yeah, no, there, there wasn't, it was just, and that's, I think what made it even scarier was You see Damar make the tackle. You see him get up and take a step, and then he just falls backwards. And at first, I was thinking, oh, gosh, you know, when he fell, he fell on his head, and that might have been, you know, what was leading to this dramatic scene on the field. But then, you're right, it quickly became evident that it wasn't a head Mm -hmm. injury, and your thought automatically goes to, this has to be a heart issue, this has to be a much more serious affliction than just mm-hmm. a torn ACL. Now, or a I bone. want to tell you a story. And this harkens back to 1998 when I was at the University of Dayton. It was uh, late March that year. And I was in the music building practicing with, uh, with the band that I was in. We were getting ready for our first ever show. It was a punk band. I walk out and it was sort of the the way it's set up is you walk out of the building, but it's a terrace and about a story and a half below or maybe two stories is the soccer field. And there was a women's soccer game happening there. And I noticed that a player on the field had collapsed and the trainers come running out. And all of a sudden there was a tight huddle around one of the players or the, the woman who went down, whose name was Stacy Martin. She was a junior, uh, on a three-year starter on the University of Dayton women's soccer team. And the next thing you know, somebody goes running, an ambulance shows up, and all and you see all this commotion, and they're frantic. The trainers are out there. There's people running onto the field. All of the players on both teams were over at their bench, not really knowing what was going on. I'm not really knowing what was going on and they're working and they're rushing and out come the paddles and the chest compressions. And then they just stopped. And then very slowly and methodically, they loaded Stacy into the ambulance. They slowly picked up all the equipment And the ambulance slowly made its way off the field without even turning the siren or flashing lights on. Stacey Martin died of a heart attack on the field. And I witnessed that in 1998 in Dayton, Ohio, which is close to Cincinnati. And the reason there's an interesting parallel here is she was from Cincinnati. She was a 1995 graduate of Cincinnati Walnut Hills High School. And I didn't know exactly what had happened, but a very eerie and dark feeling came over me while I was watching this. It was like the rush, the rush, the rush, and then nothing. 
And I said, oh my God, I think I just witnessed something horrible. And then later that day on the news, I found out that she had passed. And that's what was going through my mind when I saw DeMar Hamlin on the field. And I'm not trying to make this overly emotional here, but that's where I was. And I think that we need to stop and think about the Stacey Martins of the world who didn't make it. And and we have to appreciate the fact that in a worst case scenario, DeMar Hamlin suffers the same fate and he didn't because the medical care that he got was so quick and so great. It saved the entire nation of witnessing what I did, which was very traumatic. And, and Jamie, I, I appreciate you having the candor um, in recounting the story of, of Stacy's sudden and shocking passing. I think that's one of the things that was the most disturbing and the most troubling about what happened with DeMar Hamlin. Like, like I had said earlier, you know, looking forward to this game, primetime showdown, Bills, Bengals, there was some good smack talk. It was going to be a great matchup two teams who had won six and seven games in a row. And then all of a sudden, none of that mattered. The only thing that mattered was the athletic training staff springing into action mm-hmm. to save DeMar's life. And I want to give extra kudos. And I'm really hopeful that when the Bills host the Patriots tomorrow, instead of doing player introductions, they just announce yes. the medical staff. Yes, 100%. Yes. If you give those guys, they're the unsung heroes who you never hear about. The only times you hear about them are in times of crisis and times of tragedy. And I want everyone to know the name Denny Kellington. Denny Kellington is the assistant athletic trainer for the Buffalo Bills. He also used to be the head football trainer at my alma mater, Syracuse University. And I happened to put a story up on our news website about how Denny has been widely lauded from Sean McDermott to Albert Breer to Deion Dawkins. The Mm -hmm. reason that DeMar Hamlin is with us today is Denny Kellington stepped up and administered CPR in an extremely quick fashion. And depending on the reports that you read, CPR was administered from anywhere between eight to nine minutes on the field. Which is an eternity. isn't, isn't that stunning to think about how much faith and how much perseverance Denny and the medic, and it wasn't just Denny, but Denny's the one who's credited with first stepping up to give the CPR and to work on the automated uh, external defibrillator, which by the way, 20 or so years ago, you might not have had all of this medical equipment and technology On the field, there's Mm -hmm. been football players who have died on the field. The Detroit Lions had a wide receiver who died in 1971 on the field from a cardiac incident. Yeah, Corey Corey Stringer with the Minnesota Vikings during training camp has exhaustion. exhaustion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these incidences are very rare, but when they come about, thank God that the right personnel the right people with the right wherewithal were in the right place at the right time to save DeMar's life. And Denny Kellington is an unsung hero who should be lauded from now until the end of time for what he did to save DeMar Hamlin's life. Because without his quick thinking, 
And without his fast actions, this situation could have turned into a Stacey Martin situation like you referenced at Dayton. And hopefully, Jamie, this is one of those things where it was such a fluke. It was a fluke issue. Mm-hmm. And we, we don't know the exact cause of the cardiac arrest, but it was a normal looking tackle that DeMar went in for and made. And thank goodness the University of Cincinnati Medical Hospital Medical Center is one of the leading providers of this type of expertise, this type of relief to give DeMar a chance. It really was as much as so many things went horrifically wrong. Everything has so far gone tremendously right because the breathing tube that DeMar Hamlin was hooked up to was removed on mm-hmm. Friday. DeMar provided this unbelievably powerful speech through FaceTime, just a quick address to his teammates where he ends it by flexing his muscles to show that he is Hamlin strong, as we've all been touting about the Buffalo region. So many things went right that, you know what? I'm just so relieved that we are not sitting here talking about a player dying on the field. The road to recovery is extremely long for DeMar still, but at least the first couple of steps have been extremely remarkable in his progress. Can you imagine being in that Buffalo Bills locker room, FaceTiming with DeMar? DeMar tells the team that he loves them and flexes. Can you imagine the feeling that came over that room, the relief, the excitement, the love? I, I just I can't imagine that there weren't tears in their eyes yet again at that moment because their boy is pulling through. And thank God he did. Thank God he's with yeah. us. Not to go down a religious pipeline or anything, because that's not the nature of our podcast, but <laughs> we all felt the collective power of, of prayer and sending thoughts and good vibes towards this young man who, by the way, you know, I it sucks that it took this life-altering event for people outside of Buffalo to realize how good of a dude. Damar mm-hmm. Hamlin is, you know, he was kind of like, I mean, yeah, he's a, a solid up and coming safety, but none of that matters. His charitable efforts, the fact that he was talking to Chris Brown after Dane Jackson got hurt and had his neck injury. And he directly says, I'm cherishing every moment because you never know when it's going to be taken away. And you've got this life threatening incident where Damar could have passed on And the fact that, you know, his first question or one of his first questions to the doctors after he comes to is what happened to the game? Did we win? And and the fact that the doctor responds back, yes, you won. You won the game of life. You are still with us. You know, I I love it, Jamie. This is one of those things where you mentioned the, the looks on the players' faces. The Bills are going to be so relieved so overcome with joy and positivity that their teammate is here this stadium on sunday for the game with the patriots is going to be an event unlike any we've ever seen in the Mm -hmm. outpouring of love and support and just pure joy for the fact that damar is still with us hook that emotion up to my veins for the rest of my life we can accomplish anything with this positivity jamie absolutely and I want to go another direction a little bit, and that's that 
when something tragic in nature happens, it seems like the human reaction is to want someone or something to blame. It's it's like it's got to be somebody's fault that this happened. And I think that this was just a freak accident. Mo- most people will tell you that this is a freak accident. That's what I've been reading from, you know, doctors and you know, ER doctors and um cardiologists, th- things of that nature. Like maybe there was an underlying issue that hasn't been uncovered, but you know, that's nobody's fault either. And the people that want to blame the NFL and especially the people that want to blame T. Higgins for this, like, stop, guys. Like, you know, it, it doesn't, there doesn't have to be a villain in this. We can all just be happy that there has been a good outcome. And that's that DeMar is with us and is probably going to walk out of that hospital sometime soon. That's all I need. That's all I need. I don't need a villain. It's absolutely a miracle, you know, and, and you're right, Jamie, there is no, way that T Higgins should receive any sort of blame. You know, I I loved how despite the few bad apples on Twitter and you've seen some toxic conversations oh, yeah. on Twitter, people worried about, you know, oh, the number 1 seed or oh, I had a parlay, they should have finished this game or all sorts of Oh, that's the worst. Twitter is a cesspool. It is absolutely yes. a cesspool of humanity, but there's also some really positive people that come out through social media. And the fact that the Bills fans launched a GoFundMe account um, for T. Higgins' cause when he did his My Cause, My Cleats initiative, it was to benefit the Axe ALS Foundation. And Bills fans have raised nearly $10,000 for that cause, factored in with the more than $8 million they've raised for DeMar Hamlin's children's toy fund it does show that there's good people out there who you know make this world a better place and you know i just i I agree with you t higgins he was overcome with emotion when he heard from damar's mother and then when he heard from damar himself about his recovery what a lift off that young man's shoulders he does not deserve the burden of guilt for doing anything wrong because he did nothing wrong right Right. And he stayed at the hospital for days. And oh, by the way, uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, his wife brought dinner for all of the Buffalo Bills and doctors and everyone who stayed behind with DeMar Hamlin. Like this is this is truly a a brotherhood. And there are players that former players that have talked about it and have said, you know, it wasn't like this. In the past, when there was, you know, there was no free agency and there was no um, social media and players were far less connected. Now, they're all, whether they are teammates or not, they're all much closer than they have been. And it's really nice to see it pull together, isn't it? And oh, and while I'm on that topic, Zach Taylor, nothing but class the way he handled everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott both should be lauded. Obviously it's, you know, more of the pressure falls on McDermott being Buffalo's coach, but the way the class, and I know that, look, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole of was the NFL trying to get the teams to resume play 
on Monday night. It is fishy that Joe Buck four separate times said on air that the players had five minutes to warm up and get ready for the game. And you saw Joe Burrow throwing passes on the field, practicing all of that. Troy Vincent denied it, said it was a ludicrous rumor. The facts remain. Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott came together and made the only sensible decision in the moment that they were not playing football again that night. And thank God Mm -hmm. they were there in leadership roles because how on earth could any of those players be expected to play again after what they witnessed, even with DeMar being as remarkably progressed as he has uh, since suffering the cardiac arrest incident, there are still concerns about the emotional well-being of players on both sides and how they're going to be able to step foot, whether it's the Bengals playing Baltimore or the Bills playing the Patriots on Sunday in week 18. Jamie, this trauma that they saw, it's real. I mean, as much as we want to say that these NFL players are emotionless and they just have a job to do and they go about doing it. And they are these trained warriors. They have emotions. They have feelings. How on earth do you think Jamie, the players on both sides are going to be able to tune out some of those questions and some of those concerns and focus on football? Yeah, I, we were traumatized by it and we weren't even there. They know him personally and they were standing there watching the doctors try to revive him. I mean, <laughs> think about the amount of trauma that people who just watched the game went through and now multiply it. It's, you You could tell. You could tell on everyone's faces where they were. I understand that there's people calling for the game to be played. And they're coming up with a scenario with the playoffs and who's going to play where and a coin flip with Cincinnati and all the rest of it. But I heard somebody say, when it comes to how they're going to handle the playoffs, every team is upset and disappointed, or fans of every team is upset and disappointed, which is how you know they came up with a good solution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and and I feel like, listen, at this point with what the Bills and, and what the city of Buffalo has had to go through from the god-awful racially motivated mass shooting at the tops in May to the fatalities of the Buffalo Christmas blizzard that have killed more than 41 people to Damar Hamlin suffering cardiac arrest to John Murphy, one of the nicest, you know, as much as you can say what you want about Murphy's broadcasting style, he is one of us. He is a fan who loves this team and he suffered a stroke last weekend, which is what caused him to miss the Bengals game. This city has had so much shit heaped on it that I feel like this is really, it's corny and cliche to say it, Jamie, but I feel like the bills are so good at rallying around each other that you could put them on the moon against Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. And I like Buffalo's chances because this unit has so tight knit. They've had to overcome so much. And that's what I was getting at when it comes to trauma and recovering from what the Bills saw on Monday night. There's something to be said for having so much adversity that you've had to deal with, that it bonds a team in ways that pure wins don't on the football field. This team is going to have such resolve to do it for DeMar, to, to do it for John Murphy, to do it for the city of Buffalo residents, 
that I, I, I just feel like that's such a unifying factor. Do you think that they have, and, and I'm questioning this, because the game became secondary this week. I love the game of football, but I started questioning my relationship at times oh, same. with the Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Same thing. And I would imagine the players have done that too. And I think it's worth questioning when you put things in perspective like this, do they have anything left for the game? Now, I've heard stories about players leading up to the Super Bowl. Mike Webster, one of the all-time greats. No, no, I'm sorry. John Hanna, one of the all-time great offensive linemen. Uh, He played for the Patriots. And in that 1985 Super Bowl, he said that there was so much hype and he spent so much energy getting up for the game that by the time the second half began, he was dead in the water. He had nothing left to give. And he played terrible the rest of the way. And he was one of the most dominant linemen in history. Could that possibly happen to our Buffalo Bills here? Like, I'm not trying to take the sheen off of anything, but it's human nature to be caught up in what was going on. And football was not their main focus for a good part of the week. Yeah. No, I think you're a thousand percent right on that. I just feel, okay, so a couple things. First of all, and I love the fact that we're talking about mental health and mental wellness with these athletes. Um, John Hanna had to go up against a 46 defense, which very few offenses stood a chance of succeeding anyway against, you know, the bears. But the point about the exhaustion, I feel like it's a little different with the bills in this situation, because if, if, if DeMar was still hospitalized, I, and and was, was in a bad place. I myself was like, how are the bills going to play a game again the rest of the year? not just week 18 against the Patriots, but how are they going to have the fortitude, the strength and, and just the, the wherewithal needed to go out and play this incredibly violent game, knowing that their teammate is hanging on the balance of life and death with him showing the signs of recovery with him, speaking to the team via FaceTime with him flexing on them. I think that changes things dramatically from Yes, there's still a lot of uncertainty over DeMar's future and his recovery. Um, But the fact also that the Bills placed him on the injured reserve list offers a glimmer of hope that way down the road he could play again if that's something he wants to pursue. And you would think, you know, it's been a lifelong dream of his um, to, to be on a football team and to play in the NFL. That was a good sign to me that, you know, it's not like they put him on some career ending list. Like if he wants to, that door is opened up. But I really feel like more important than that point about DeMar's football future. Yes, the Bills realize this is a fragile game they play and it's something that, you know, they they could have their health taken away at any moment. But I really think Mm -hmm. with you factor in everything this team has gone through this year, I just, I don't know. I think Bills by a billion, they're going to find a way to completely use this as a rallying cry, you know, for, for the city and for DeMar and the fact too, Jamie, I know I'm rambling here a bit, but I was reading this really good article uh, the Buffalo news put out talking about how in 2010, the players association hired a director of wellness to build out the mental health resources available to the Mm -hmm. players. And everyone I've read in this article, sports psychologists, league professionals is crediting 
Sean McDermott and the Bills with giving their players every resource needed to not compartmentalize what they saw on the field, but to deal with it, to talk about it. And if they don't want to talk about it, that's fine. They're not forcing people to open up about their feelings. But the fact that it's there for people and they're using this to get better and the fact that Sean McDermott has done everything, if they see their coach at DeMar's side, you know, along with Brandon Bean, who apparently was there the entire time, you know, with DeMar, they're seeing leadership exemplified. And that rubs off on Mm -hmm. people. That totally can motivate someone to say, gosh, these guys care about me more than just being number three on the football field. They care about me as a player and as a person more than anything else. I think that's infectious. Absolutely. And this has been talked about as being a very tight-knit team. And really ever since Bean and McDermott got to Buffalo, that's been one of the things that they've been lauded for. And and you see it taking place. And, you know, Marv Levy always said, talent without character cannot win. And this regime has very much taken that into account when they are bringing players in, players that will get each other's backs. And when you have a group of people like that, that are moving together, they often say nothing can stand in their way. And now I'm not saying the bills are going to lose to the Patriots. I'm just saying that it it could be possible that human nature will take place and they say, you know what? I don't have any energy left for the game because of what we experienced this week. I don't think that's going to happen for exactly the reason you brought up. It is the leadership. And hey, people question Sean McDermott. People question Brandon Bean. Coaches and general managers miss on occasion, and they definitely do sometimes. And there's there's a quote that I want to uh, incorporate here, Jamie, to kind of this isn't just me and you, you know, Bills fans um, talking about an area of expertise that we don't possess when it comes to psychology and trauma and emotional intelligence. There's a great quote from Kelly Piper, uh, who's a sports psychology consultant who previously worked at the University of Buffalo. And when she's talking about what the Bills have done for their players, what they've done to get them in the right mindset. And she she credits the DeMar Hamlin uh, announcement with his teammates via FaceTime, which was projected on the big screen and which led to all sorts of whooping and cheers and tears and all sorts of emotions being displayed. She says, I don't think there's anything that could replace seeing that. Feeling like there is a movie in the right direction and knowing the game is going to stay on the calendar. You know, you channel all the energy from the positive news in a way that allows the players to thrive. And she goes on to say that seeing the stadium being rocking with number three jerseys and the number three patch on all of the Bills jerseys and a three on the playing surface and the show of solidarity. You know, it just again, I just feel like it's something where that. It's temporary. Now, if this was week one or week two, I think the Bills would have a lot harder time sustaining that momentum that the team can gain from such an inspirational story like DeMar's with it heading into the playoffs. I don't know. I feel like it just nothing. This never should happen. And this never there's never a right time for the injury that DeMar suffered. 
But again, that rallying cry, this team all year long from Dawson Knox's brother suddenly passing to the, the mass shooting at the tops, which affected everybody on that team. There's just something to be said for having that extra je ne sais quoi to rally this team mm-hmm. around itself to, to reach great heights. And what a storybook ending it would be for the city of Buffalo for these Bills to go on and do what they've never done before and win it all, starting, of course, with Sunday's game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you mentioned this earlier about questioning your Bills fandom. Um, and, and not your fandom, but questioning your love of football after what happened mm-hmm. with DeMar Hamlin. There was a moment or two and a day or two where, yeah, the trauma we all experienced watching this, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do about this game on Sunday, both from a standpoint of should they play it to do I want to be there, you know, watching this sport that has this violent possibility. Um, All those doubts have been taken away. There's still massive concerns Mm -hmm. about the safety of the game, but with DeMar making the progress he has, you better believe there's no place I'd rather be than right there on Sunday afternoon when the Bills take on the Patriots. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you. I, yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. I am so excited right now. I, I think that this is... I think that this is a catharsis that everybody needs. Everybody needs to see the team on the field and cheer for them. And the entire NFL is going to be cheering for Damar Hamlin. And they're going to be, <laughs> have you ever seen this before? Highlighting the number, outlining the number three on the 30 yard lines on their fields, wearing Damar warm-up shirts. I, it's, I've never seen an outpouring like this before. And it's really a beautiful thing. Even even when you look at the, um, you know, the the Buffalo Sabres who share, you know, owners uh, with with Terry and Kim Pagula. Um, and by the way, you know, the fact that you saw Tage Thompson, you know, scoring his third hat trick of the year, his 30th goal of the year to give the Sabres the win on January 3rd. I mean, there was so much symmetry with the number three. And, you know, Jared Stidham, the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders, wears number three. And if the Bills are going to get the home field advantage in the number one seed, the Raiders have to beat the Chiefs. And who better than a quarterback with number three to lead them Mm -hmm. to the promised (laughs) land of knocking off the Chiefs? I don't know, Jamie. Sometimes numerology can be a little over the top. But in this case, I'm willing to believe it. I'm here for it, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm here for it. 
Now, there, there's no easy way um, for the Bills. or for, and, and again, I want to say this, too, before we give our quick thoughts on the Patriots game. The Patriots and every other NFL team has stepped up because they have gone through the same trauma that we did as fans watching what happened to DeMar. It's that brotherhood, that fraternity that you mentioned of being a player and a coach in the NFL. So I feel like every team is rejoicing seeing what's going on with DeMar's you know, recovery and the fact that all the stadiums across the league are going to do an honor and a tribute to DeMar Hamlin is, is really touching. Now, when it comes to the game itself, the Bills are looking for a sweep of the Patriots. And besides the fact that I feel there's going to be this tremendous emotional boost and lift that the Bills are going to receive going out there to play New England, knowing that DeMar is making uh, solid progress in his recovery, this is a really difficult game because the Patriots need to win to have any hope to, to, to cement their, their playoff. I mean, they can get in with a bunch of losses from other teams, but they need to win to get in. The Bills need to win and hope for some help to get the number one seed. They'll know, of course, what happened with the Raiders-Chiefs game, which takes place on Saturday. They'll know the outcome of that before the game kicks off at Highmark Stadium on Sunday. Just give me, Jamie, real quick, what are your keys to this game for the Bills besides keeping their emotions in check from what's been an incredibly trying week? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that that's the biggest thing is to be able to actually focus on the game and be able to point their energy at the game. But outside of that, the Bills are going to need to keep that running game going. And it has looked good over the past few weeks. I'm looking at James Cook and Devin Singletary to rush between the two of them for 150 yards. If they go over 150 yards on this game, that means that the ball is being kept away from New England, but also they're not relying on Josh Allen to be Superman. Because what I don't like about this Bills team is all too often it has been, okay, Josh, go out there and do something amazing. They need more than just an otherworldly quarterback. They need other players on the team to step up. And that running game is beginning to do it just like they did at the end of last year. Boom. That is the key on offense. Keep that going. It's going to be, it's going to be on tough, defense. Jamie. Because let me, before we get to the defense, let me throw yeah, go my, my thoughts on that too. Because the Patriots, one of the things that they do extraordinarily well is limit the ground game. They are yes. really stout, but I get it. The Bills, when the Bills won in Foxborough on December 1st, the Bills controlled the ball for more than 38 minutes. And that was with mm-hmm. Josh having... Uh, you know, he completed 67% of his passes, 223 yards, but you got cook and you got Singletary and the ground game got going. The ground game also will help neutralize the Patriots pass rush of Matthew Judon, Josh Uche, who had two sacks uh, in that first game. Although to be fair, Deion Dawkins missed that game and David Quesenberry was the starting left tackle. So I'm with you. Yes, and there is no comparison between the two of them. None, none whatsoever. Dave, Deion Dawkins, and especially, again, just the you, you plug Deion Dawkins in to protect Josh's blind side. It's a totally different scenario for this offense versus Quesenberry being out there. I am with you. I want to see a good dose of ground game. I'm also thinking this is going to be the week, finally, that we see Stefan Diggs get back on track. I know the Patriots are pretty stout. Um, They've given up the fourth 
lowest completion percentage in the league at a little below 62%. They have a pretty low passer rating against them because of their pass rush, and they've got some pretty solid corners led by Kyle Duggar and Jabril Peppers. But I feel like this is the week where Stefan Diggs, the man who took the Uber to the hospital to be by DeMar Hamlin's side, he is going to be playing with an extra gear, an extra motivation in him to break free, to have a good game. I'm looking for Josh and Stefan to hook up for over 100 yards. I'll go. They get at least one receiving touchdown. And that's got to be a key for me because getting Stefan going early will allow the running game to be even more efficient. Absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. And what I'm looking for is the running game to take over in the second half. That's when I think they're going to make their money. But the only way for that to happen is to get the ball down the field and get some play action working because the Patriots, this is a good defense. I mean, let's call a spade a spade here. They're a good defense. And if this is a low scoring game, the Patriots have a shot. But that's just it. I I think that the Bills are going to keep the ball in their hands and just not give the Patriots a chance because I know you don't believe in McCorkle Jones in the slightest. <laughs> no, no. I, I believe in McCorkle Jones a little more than I do Duck Hodges, our favorite Pittsburgh Steeler. <laughs> you always say Duck with such disdain in your voice. <laughs> well, it's I, I definitely did it intentionally this time because I knew it would get a rise and a reaction out of you because we really love to have our yeah. fun with uh, the former Steelers quarterback. But McCorkle Jones is not going to beat this Bills defense. And Taron Johnson was cleared from concussion protocol. He's going to be back out there. The whole Bills secondary and defense, I just see this being a great matchup for the Bills. Ramondre Stevenson is wearing down from being the bell cow back. Now, you got to watch out for Damian Harris, who is a, a pretty talented back in his own right. But if the Bills can take away the ground game for the Patriots, Mac Jones is not going to beat Buffalo's secondary. I just feel there's an extra gear that they're going to be playing with and being aggressive. The Patriots don't have many weapons uh, playmaker wise on offense. I think it suits up very well for this pass rush to tee off on Mac Jones and uh, give the Bills an early lead. They're going to cruise. Now, let me ask you this. Does it worry you at all that the Bills are down to a third string safety and they haven't even announced who's going to start? It does. But I feel like this I've been calling for this for a couple of weeks now on this podcast that we've been doing it. I think this is finally when we're going to see Dean Marlowe step up. I mean, the team cut Xavier Rhodes. They brought in a guy who used to play for the Niners. I forget his name. Um, they made a corresponding move and Christian Benford is off the IR. We'll probably see, hopefully see a little bit of him uh, in the cornerback role to, to give, take some pressure off of Taron Johnson. But Dean Marlowe knows this Bills defense. He knows the schemes that Leslie Frazier wants to run. If you're going to trade for a guy and give up a conditional seventh round pick, you play the guy when you need him. This is the week that Dean Marlowe steps up and him and Jordan Poyer, as long as po- and Poyer is good to go. As far as I can read from these injury reports, I think that's a fine safety pairing um, knowing that Trey White's going to keep working his way back. I'm not too worried about, Buffalo's safety is being down because I feel like of any unit on the team, they're going to want to step up even more for their fallen teammate. Well, you know that a Belichick-led team is going to do their best to try to isolate the 
the backup that's in the game. They, they're very good at Xing and Oing that way. So you could certainly see that when the Bills are, especially when they're in a two deep, that they're going to try to isolate and stress that safety. So they're probably going to have a lot of crossing routes, a lot of post routes, and put that player in conflict and see how they're going to react. Well, Dean Marlowe has played in this defense. He's trusted by the team. He's not a great athlete, but he's a smart guy that knows where to be on the field. I know that they're going to go after him. He will will acquit himself better than most third stringers. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think so too, with that familiarity he's got with the off the defense and you know, the, the Patriots are down uh, some weapons too. Devante Parker still coming back from a concussion. Um, Jacoby Myers is their number one uh, threat and target um, along with again, Ramondre Stevenson. And uh, you know, the fact that Myers, he has 64 catches for 772 yards and five touchdowns. Um, but I feel like you can neutralize Myers with either Trey White or Kyir Elam, uh, who I think this is a good opportunity for him to step up with that size and speed to really take away what Myers brings downfield. And then it's left to Mac Jones win in matchups. And again, I don't think Mac Jones is going to be the guy that carries the day for the Patriots. No, this is one of those games where you sell out to stop the run and say, Mac, you don't have what it takes. It's going to be a fun one, Jamie. It's definitely going to be an emotional battle watching these teams. Again, knowing the heavy hearts that both players and both teams and both coaches are going to be bringing into this environment, knowing the close call that they witnessed on Monday night. Um, I'll take the pressure off you and I'll go first with my score prediction. You know, I'm going to pick the Bills to win. I think Buffalo is going to get to 30 and I say they'll win 30 to 17. Oh, okay. I was going to say 28-20, Buffalo. As long as the Bills win, the fans are going to win. This is going to be a raucous and emotionally charged atmosphere. If you're going to the game, get there early. Make sure you have all your stuff ready to support Damar Hamlin. Who knows? We might get an in-person appearance from Damar, or he might have recorded a video message. He might zoom in to the scoreboard to deliver a message to the fans for their support. Oh, wow. That place is going to be rocking for that alone, Jamie. Whew. Love it. And, you know, we love you, Bills fans, Bills Mafia, for supporting us here on Bill Eve. Uh, get involved on social media. Give us your thoughts on the DeMar Hamlin topic and his emotional recovery. Give us your thoughts on what the score is going to be on Sunday. And uh, win, lose, or draw, you know, you can come to Bill Eve to preview every single game for your Buffalo Bills. Jamie's a great follow on Twitter. He is at the Jamie D'Amico. I am at John Boccasino. I'm going to say thanks to Jamie for all of his insights and sharing the story, especially about uh, the Dayton women's soccer player, Stacy Martin. We appreciated uh, his candor. Jamie, thank you as always, buddy. Great to be here, buddy. And great to be with you, Buffalo Bills fans. We will close off this week's episode of Bill Eve with a hearty go Bills and praying for DeMar. Thank you for listening.